excited that we get to hang out this morning and worship together. How about pray with me? All righty, let's pray. God, we praise you again and just thank you for a privilege to, to just gather and know, God, that, that you meet with us here. God, when we come together uh, in your name, you, you join with us. And so, God, thank you for that. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for that song that we just sang that, that just very, very explicitly tells us of what you've done on our behalf through the shed blood of Jesus. And thank you, God, for your love for us that much. Uh, God, help us to be mindful of those things and recognize that that, that relationship with you, that, that, that dwelling, God, that we get to hang out with you, God, is just, uh, it's just so important. So God, help us to have it and know it and love it and, and live it. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. I heard a, a, a lyric in a song on the way over here, and I want to share it with you. It doesn't have anything to do with what I'm preaching this morning. But uh, it, it does come from the Philippians thing. The, the guy in the lyric goes by, uh, I've forgotten the name. I know it was Firm Foundation was the name of the song. Can't remember who sang it. But anyway, in there he says, I have a peace that makes no sense. You know, our firm foundation's in Christ. And no matter what's going on in the world, have a peace that doesn't make sense. Well, that goes back to the, you know, peace that passes understanding. Have a peace that makes no sense. You know, when the world is going crazy and people's foundations are getting ripped out from under them and, 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 and there's chaos and confusion and conflict and all those things, you know, in Christ, we sit back and go, yeah, I'm at peace and it doesn't make any sense considering the world around us, okay? So we are continuing in the, the God said it this year. Uh, we are reading through the Bible one day at a time. You know, you read a little few chapters a day and if you're doing that through the app, Bible Project app or any other app, reading through the Bible, that's fine. Maybe you're my age or older and you're actually using a print edition. It's okay. Uh, <clears throat> it's all right. It's all, it's all good stuff. God said it. This is the Word of God. Genesis to Revelation. We believe it. We stand on it. It is God's Word. It's not just a matter that it contains God's Word. Watch that kind of wording. Sometimes you'll see people say, this contains the Word of God. No, this is the Word of God. Okay? All of it. Huh? God didn't call me to be editor. He didn't tell me I could take out what I didn't like. Okay, so God said it. Pay attention to it. We've dealt with creation. We've dealt with fall. We've dealt with covenant. We've dealt with families, people. And now we're in that section where we're in Leviticus where God is dealing with the nation. Last week we talked about worship and all the details of the tabernacle and all that stuff that, that we get kind of lost when we're reading through it. That make sure you got 20 rings of gold and make sure you got 40 posts and, and bases and pallets and curtains and then and then and then and And I go, yes. It's kind of like when they built this place. They needed bricks. They needed sheetrock. They needed concrete. They needed carpet. They needed, you know, that spray on, that fine popcorn ceiling we got there. You see, all that stuff, those were the details to build this place. Similarly, and yet the tabernacle is that representation and almost that picture of God's dwelling place because it harkens all the way back to creation and all the things that God provided in the weave of the curtains, okay? So that's the tabernacle. So now we're at the point where God said it and we're talking about people in sin. People and sin. Or maybe you say people in sin. 
I don't know, but here's the passage, Leviticus 16, 1 through 5. Read it with me. It'll be up on the screen or you can turn in your Bible. It says, The Lord spoke to Moses after the death of two of Aaron's sons when they approached the presence of the Lord and died. The Lord said to Moses, Tell your brother Aaron that he may not come whenever he wants into the holy place behind the curtain in, the, in front of the mercy seat on the ark or else he'll die. Because I appear in the cloud above the mercy seat. Aaron is to enter the most holy place in this way. With a young bull for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering. He is to wear a holy linen tunic. And linen undergarments are to be on his body. He is to tie a linen sash around him and wrap his head with a linen turban. These are holy garments. He must bathe his body with water before he wears them. He is to take from the Israelite community two male goats for a sin offering and one ram for a burnt offering. So, so the whole point of this message this morning and the whole point of this passage from uh, Leviticus 16 is, is about approaching the presence of God, approaching God, coming into the presence of God. And, and, and what God is establishing here in Leviticus chapter 16, chapter 16 is sort of the pivot point in the book of Leviticus. All of the, the laws and everything he gives in, in chapters 1 through 15, all 1 through 7 and then 8 through 15, they all lead up to this point where God's now pivoting with the book of Leviticus and he's given us what is essentially the instruction to the to, to Moses uh, but Moses to the priesthood to his brother Aaron the most important day of the year the most important day of the year to the to the Israelites to the Hebrew people so if it's the most important day of the year then 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 just just by by reference it is also the most important thing of the year. Okay? And we're talking about the Day of Atonement. You know, we know it today. We hear about it all the time. Yom Kippur, right? Uh, uh, Kippur is, is sort of the shortened variation of the Hebrew word, which means to cover. The Day of Covering. What are we talking about? The mercy seat that he mentions in this is, is the covering of the ark, but it also represents God's covering of his people. And the day of atonement, the day of covering, is that day of, of, of God's forgiveness, his atonement for the sin. First of all, of Aaron. Because uh, it, it's interesting that, that this story tells us something that it, it, it sort of mentions what happened in chapter 10. So if you're reading through, you know what happened in chapter 10. Uh, Aaron's two sons decided to go hang out with God when he didn't call them. And they didn't hang out for long. Okay? Ever been invited somewhere? <laughs> well, where you, you knew you didn't belong? I have. <laughs> I'm going to tell you this. I have never in 20-something in, in years of preaching, I, I was praying and looking at this thing, and I thought about this thing. That question, have you ever been invited somewhere where you knew you didn't belong? Now, I, I thought back to my senior year in high school. I got invited to the cotillion. How many knows what that is? I had no idea. I didn't know rich people did this. I mean, we weren't. You know, we lived in the mill village. But, but uh, I was invited by a friend of mine to be her escort at the cotillion, which was held at the, 
I think it was held, I think that year it was held at the Greenwood Civic Center, but, but I had to rent a tuxedo, you know, and, and I, I was escorting this friend of mine at the Cotillion, and, and I didn't know anything about it. It's kind of like a big, sort of like a wedding, I don't know, you know. Everybody's all dressed up fancy, and, you know, the, uh, my friend danced with her with her father, and and then then we danced, and 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 I asked mom about it before we went and everything, and it was like, uh, oh yeah, this is this is sort of the coming out party for it. Now that means something totally different today. I, I graduated in 1980, okay, so uh, but this was like this was like when the society of my hometown presented the eligible young ladies, and it was the cotillion. And I got there and I went, I don't belong here. <laughs> this, these are not my people. <laughs> this is not my atmosphere. I don't belong, right? Now, your town may have called it something different. I asked Nick about it earlier. He said, yeah, we didn't call it cotillion. You know, I had no idea. I didn't even know what this was. But this friend of mine asked me would I be your escort. And I was like, yeah, okay. My mom and dad thought it was a big deal that I got invited but I knew I was out of place right do you know that we have no right and do not deserve to be invited into God's presence we don't deserve it we can't earn it we're not good enough okay there's nothing about our birth or or our our station in society or our money or our portfolio or our our achievements or our looks or anything that qualify us to enter God's presence. So when we read this passage right here, we we, we want to hearken back a minute to the to the to what he says right in the beginning of it when he says, uh, "Then the Lord spoke to Moses after the death of two of Aaron's sons when they approached the presence of the Lord and died." Okay, so so if you're scattered out throughout the people and all of a sudden you hear, "Well, Aaron's two sons went into the presence of God and died," what do we say? I don't do that. You know, I, I, I don't want to be that guy, right? So we want to understand what was going on. I mean, the, the idea was is that, is that uh, uh, God was the one who initiates, provides for, commands, and expects for us to come into his presence. He's the one that has invited us. Now, we're going to work from the point in Leviticus 16 all the way up to today, today, even though we're not going to get to the the Gospels in the New Testament today. We're going to look at it because that's what this is a picture and pointing to. Okay? So, Nadab and Abihu. Now, I took Hebrew like 25 years ago. So, if I'm not pronouncing that right, just don't worry about it. The high priest, the high priest alone, is invited into God's presence once a year to enter behind the veil into the presence of of the mercy seat, the covering seat where God dwells once a year. And, And there was a specific way. First of all, these linen garments in this passage, they're not fancy. He's not telling them to dress up. He's telling them to dress with humility. 
to dress with a purity because, because uh, he, he, he's got to be at least in the aspect of this um, ceremonially pure as well as bringing that which allows God's forgiveness and ultimate spiritual purity. I mean, you see the passage, it says uh, he's got to bring a bull for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering. Sin offering, that is an offering saying, God, please forgive me. The confession and repentance of sin. That, 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 that uh, the, the, the young bull basically becomes the substitute for sin. Okay? The bur- now, the thing about the sin offering is, is that the priest gets to eat what's left. The burnt offering gets all burnt up. It all gets consumed, okay? So, so this is a huge sort of, and I'm going to use the word even though I don't like it very much, this is an incredible ritual for entering God's presence. Matter of fact, one of the commentators I read said, the day of atonement or the day of covering is, it involves the most sacred individual in all the nation of Israel. The most sacred space in all the nation of Israel. The most sacred day in all the calendar of Israel. And the most sacred rite or ritual that that the Israelite people celebrate together. This day of atonement, one day in a year to enter God's presence. And, And it was to enter behind the curtain to where God was abiding in the mercy seat. You see? It's interesting. When you start to look at, at, at what's going on here, in the Day of Atonement, uh, they had to, to provide the ritual and, and perform the ritual that, that, that cleansed and purified the tabernacle itself. The priests had to go through a cleansing and purification four times that day, the high priest. The, the people uh, went through a cleansing and purification time three times during the Day of Atonement so that their sins might be forgiven. You see? And old Nadab and Abihu, back in verse chapter 10, says they grabbed their own fire pan. God didn't tell them to. Grabbed their own fire pan and put some, some incense and fire on it and, and, and decided to stroll into God's presence briefly. Right? They died. God didn't call them there. They weren't cleansed and pure. Folks, we, we are not entitled to we don't deserve to enter God's presence. And yet, and man, that's a big word. And yet, God has invited us into his presence and he has provided the covering. He has provided the atonement. He has provided and given to us the the forgiveness in order to... to, All right, now listen. There's some folks I like to hang out with. I admit it. Now, the minute I say that, y'all know the backside of that statement is also true. (laughs) There's some folks I don't appreciate hanging out with as much. Right? But to be able to come into the presence of, of... the, the creator of the universe, 
our God, our Father, to be able to come into his presence and not in this state, this sort of state of fear, like if I come into his presence, he's going to strike me down. But to come into the presence of Almighty God knowing that he invited us and provided the means for us to be there and we get to dwell and abide in his presence. And folks, we as the body of Christ don't take him up on it enough. We get to hang out with God. You see? Well, we get to be in his presence. And, and, and that's some of this thing, you know, that God has invited. God has indeed commanded us to spend time with him. Draw near to God, you see? So, so when we look at the, the, the story of transition, this, this, this story arc of God's redemption, we went from, like I said, creation to fall to covenant, people, nation, all of these things, to where God is establishing worship. And much of what we see in, in Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and all those kind of things right there, this is God's establishing the nation. Why? Why is God establishing a nation? So that all the world will be blessed through that nation. That's what he said in Genesis 12. I will bless you and all the world will be blessed through you. We know, we, we get this broadening from Adam and Eve, Noah and, and his family to, to uh, Abraham and Sarah and it, it broadens out into this people group, this, this sort of uh, multiple families into this nation of millions these people that come, they're not a nation when they come out of Egypt. Matter of fact, they're corrupt and polluted. They've been worshiping the Egyptian gods. They've been eating all the wrong things. They've been doing what the people around them did. And, and God knew the transition time in between coming out of Egypt and going into the promised land. They need to be established as a people. Not simply just that they all came from one, one, one father, mother, Abraham, Sarah kind of thing. But they needed to have their traditions and their worship and their practices and their distinguishing differences from all the rest of the world. From all the nations. So he was building this nation. And, and, and you can't just stroll into God's presence anytime you want to. That's what he's telling them. He said, look. He said, if old Nadab and Abihu or Abihu uh, can just wander into the presence of God, even though they are Aaron's sons. Right? They are priests. They're not the high priest. You see what that points to? Who's our high priest? Jesus is our high priest. Right? And so, so when, when he became the sacrifice, the atonement, the covering, right? That curtain that Aaron was invited to go behind on the day of atonement, atonement, God ripped that curtain, that veil, from top to bottom. Thus the invitation for us to enter the presence of God. You know, entering God's presence, approaching God's presence is serious business. It's important to abide in God's presence. 
Now, I know, you know, we're going to sit back and say things like, well, God's omnipresent. He's everywhere. I can be in God's presence anywhere I am. Yeah, you can. But what's going on when you're in God's presence? What are your distractions? Uh, uh, Are you serving God or are you serving self? What are your idols? See, these are some challenges for us in this day and time because we're not this nation. We don't understand what's going on here. This is still the generation that remembers Egypt. This is still the generation that remembers the exodus from Egypt. This is still the generation that remembers getting baptized through the Red Sea. Yeah, I threw that in there just as an extra thing. Uh, you know, they went, the, actually, I guess Pharaoh and his army is the one that got baptized. But anyway, they made it through the waters to the other side, right? This is the generation that remembers that. This is the generation that knows the manna, knows the quail, right? This, this is the generation that knows the water from the rock. They know the great and mighty works of God. See, we live in a generation that is so distracted by the world that it's hard for us to spend any length of time, for most of us, to spend any length of time just counting your blessings and naming them one by one. To just spend time praising God. To just stop and say, look, God, I'm not going to ask you for a thing today. I just want to praise you. I just want to celebrate you. I just want to exalt your name. I want to lift high the name of Jesus, uh, not just verbally, but in my life. I want to live it, God. I want those who see me like Moses on the mountaintop. I want folks who, who, who get a glimpse of my life to know that I've spent time in God's presence. I want people to see Jesus all over me, right? But the truth is, we know, man, this world is so distracting. This, 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 this world is so full of conflict. You know, we, we go through our days looking for who our next enemy is. We, we, we go through these days looking for conflict. I know I drive that way. That's my spot. Don't you take it, right? I mean, that's how we're conditioned for that. And yet God has opened the door, the veil, the entrance into his presence. You know what? Just think a minute. What if to enter God's presence this morning, you each had to bring a bull and a ram with you? Anybody got extras? Didn't think so. You see, God is establishing an identity for his people. Okay, these are the Hebrew people. These are the Israelites. Israelites meaning the children of Israel because Jacob's name got changed. Right? These are the Israelites. And and as they moved through the wilderness of Midian and the wanderings because they were disobedient, and we're going to get to that, by the way, because they were disobedient. As they moved through this, their identity is developing. The 40 years, guess how many days of atonement they celebrated? Right? So so they're building this identity so that when they do get to the Jordan River and get ready to enter the land, when we get all the way over to Joshua as we make our way through Scripture, we're going to see that, that they are a nation. And the nations that they're, they're, they're encountering know that they're a nation and know 
that God is with them. Man, how many people you encounter in a day know God's with you? How do you live it out that God is present with you? How how do you show forth the time that you spend with God? Well, let's go back and ask the question before that. How much time do you spend with God? Now, it's easy to say, well, every morning driving to work. Can I just tell y'all something? Driving is the worst time for me to say I'm spending with God. It's just me. I know none of y'all drive like I do. Because I can see me driving to work praying imprecatory psalms. So, you know, those, those things about uh, God destroy the children of my enemies because they cut me off in traffic. Right? I mean, that, that, no, no, driving is not the best time for me to, now, I do keep praise and, 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 and some good, some good biblical, you know, things feeding, but, but that's not the time where I'm just abiding in God's presence. Because there's a few thousand friends of ours on the road with us. See, can you imagine what it was like? Now, I want you to, you know, we, we, we're kind of a visual generation. Imagine what it was like to enter the tabernacle, the tent of meeting. Prepare, wash, change clothes, get your ram and your bull and, and get ready to go behind the curtain into the presence now, yeah, it's easy to say an almighty, all-powerful God. But you know, also an all-loving Heavenly Father. Man, I just want to be there. See, my dad called me Friday. I'm going to go visit Mom and Dad this week. My dad called me Friday. <laughs> he doesn't usually call much. You know, as a son, it's my duty to call. Do you know that, Zach? I don't know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Scott's son's here, y'all, all the way from Texas. Him and Kim, we're glad they're here. Uh, but anyway, see, you know, so my dad calls me Friday just to say, how's it going? I said, fine. Y'all, y'all get over being sick? Yes. I said, how are y'all? Oh, we're fine. See, he's the only one that knows why he called. Right? He's the only one. He's the, he's the one that knows the purpose of this conversation. We're making small talk. And then finally my dad says to me, and I want y'all to know this. I'll say it to y'all because it's kind of funny. He goes, son, I just want you to know I'm proud of you. I was like, okay. <laughs> right? Because, I mean, this is not... This is not dad. He says, he says, you, you, you. my niece was there, my mom, my dad, you know, they're sitting around talking. He says, son, he said, you, you know, you probably shouldn't be alive. <laughs> he didn't say it exactly like that. He said, you know, some of the things y'all did, you know, some of the things that happened in your life, he said, yeah, he said, truth is, he said, you know, to be where you are today, you know, God's done great things in your life, and, and, and I'm proud of you. And I was like, well, thank you. All right, we'll talk to you later. Bye. <laughs> it was just weird, right? But my dad reached out to God. Now, God is saying to us all the time, come and be near. 
and be near. I love you. I have provided the covering and the forgiveness and the atonement so that you can come and be near. Don't take it for granted. Don't, don't. I, Nick, I, he's not in the room. He sent out an email. Oh, it's been months ago, and I have to clean up my email months later. But anyway, he said, uh, when we don't spend time in prayer, we're essentially telling God we don't need him. I was like, whoa, right? When we don't spend time in the presence of God, are we saying that we don't want to? Folks, set aside time to just spend in His presence. How many of you are busy? Yeah, we are all busy. But the most important thing that we can do is to spend time with God. It will establish your day to spend time with God. God has made a way. He has provided the day of atonement. Approaching God is serious business. Approaching God requires humility. I don't deserve it. I'm not worthy. God, you loved me and called me to your presence and made a way for me to get there. I am dirt. And yet you've called me into your presence and I sin. And yet you've called me into your presence. God, forgive me. God, cleanse me. God, let me. Just hang out in your presence. It's like I said a minute ago. There are folks I love to hang out with. Folks, we, we, we ought and should hang out with God all the time. As much as we can. Set aside moments, hours, days just to get along with God. It'll change who you are. See, God gave us Jesus. If you don't have Jesus, you need Jesus. Okay? That, that is the only means. Jesus is the only means of salvation. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus said it. If you don't know Jesus, you need Jesus. This morning. Don't leave here without Him. Okay? Maybe you know Jesus, but, but, but you've got some of that conflicted messaging that says, well, church is important. I'm not saying church isn't important. Body of Christ and worship together is absolutely important. But not as important as Jesus and living for Jesus. We got to live for Jesus every day, not, not just when the lights are on in the building. Okay? Maybe you're here and you've been here and, and we've had a lot of folks here in recent weeks just say, you know, I, you don't ever mention it, but yeah, we, we have a membership role. I don't know where it is, but anyway, we've got one. No, I do know where it is. And their folks come up and say, I just want to be a member of the gathering. I want to be a part of this gathering family, this worship community, so that, so that, so that you're in touch and connected with the things that are going on. Come be a part. But more than anything else, Make sure, make sure that you know Jesus and that you spend time with God. Man, I can almost imagine 
You know, if I'm Aaron, and I'm not, but if I'm Aaron, and the Day of Atonement is approaching, I get to go into God's presence. I get to go be in the presence of God. Not just, I mean, yes, for the Day of Atonement, but on behalf of the people. I get to represent the people before the throne of God. I get to, I get to be in God's presence. And folks, we have been so blessed that God has said, you can come to me all the time. See? Oh, wow. Pray with me. God, thank you. You loved us more than we can even imagine. God, I thank you that that you meet with us, but God, that you've called us to meet with you. And God, if there's anyone here this morning that doesn't know Jesus, or or or, or the the great way to ask that question is to know, God, that we're saved, that that we have that relationship. It's not a think of, think so, hope so, imagine so. John tells us we can know that we know. So God, this morning, if there's someone here that doesn't know Jesus, we want them to know Jesus. If there's folks here this morning that's got too much of the distraction and, and conflict of the world in their hearts and minds, God, I pray that you'd cleanse that. God, let them just confess their sin and repent and, and be cleansed. And God, maybe there's people here who want to be a part of the gathering. God, I just pray that, that you would lead us to do that which you've called us to do. And God, we know from your word that you've called us to abide with you. So God, help us to come into your presence with thanksgiving and praise. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.